Well, good morning to you. There was one message Peter could give to Christians before he died, and 2 Peter is it. This is the last thing that he could give. And in this letter, Peter deals with the concepts of salvation, condemnation, the danger of slipping back into sin, the surety of the day of judgment, and the new creation that awaits those who continue to grow in Christ. But if there's one part of this letter that Peter hoped would resonate with every Christian who reads it. It's chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, where he writes, But for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. In our scripture reading this morning from verses 12 through 15 of the same chapter, Peter, if you'll allow me to to say it in my own words, Peter says, "I, I know that there's nothing new here. And yes, you've heard it all before, but it's so important that I'm going to say it again and again until the day I die so that when I'm gone, you can still remember it as though I'm standing there saying it to you again. He wants it burned into our brains so that it never leaves us. The things that are so important for us to hear over and over again are the items in the list of verses 5 through 7. These are the keys to godly life. And if you apply these things across the board to every part of your life, you will be pleasing to God as a Christian. This morning we're going to look at just the first two things in the list. And that's faith and virtue. And Peter teaches us about both of those. But let's start a little bit before he actually mentions faith. Looking at 2 Peter chapter 1, and you look at verse 5, and he says, For this very reason, applying all diligence. He begins by referencing all the things God's done on our behalf. His divine power in verse 3 has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Again in verse 3, He called us to salvation by His own glory and excellence. Verse 4, He's granted us precious and magnificent promises. And again verse 4, according to those promises, we become one with Him having escaped sin. And verse 5 is the way we begin to respond. It's the way we respond because of all the things that God has done. We respond with urgency and dedication to making the necessary changes in our life so that we may please God who's done so much for us. And so he begins with a word. And if you're looking in the New American Standard Bible, they use the word supply You know, in your faith, supply moral excellence. I like the way the New King James and the New International Version put it. They just have the word add. Add to your faith. And the word add, it's not just a clinical mathematical term that Peter is using. Sometimes words have things that they mean that aren't in the definition. They call it a connotation. 
It's something that is apparent to the culture, but it's not stated in the dictionary. And I'll give you an example. Uh, so, so listen. The word is defined this way. A person who is professionally involved in politics, especially as a holder or a candidate for an elected office. Politician. Now, politician has a dictionary meaning, which I just read. It's someone who is a candidate for or holds an elected office, and, and it's, it's there, but there is something that we think of, right? When you hear the word politician or someone has described politician, maybe words come to your mind like they do mine. Words like uh, liar, <laughs> dishonest, shifty. Maybe words like that come to your mind. And, and you know, if, if you say, no, those words don't come to my mind. I don't think of that at all. It's a terrible way to think of someone. Well, would you take it as a compliment if I said, well, you sure seem like a politician. Would anybody here think, oh, well, he means I'm fit for public office. That's exactly what he means when he said, no, of course not. That's, there is a connotation with that word. To us, it means more than what the definition says. And when Peter uses this particular word, add, there was a connotation to that word. It meant more than the dictionary meaning. The word translated add or supply conjured up images of a grand play. There's a master poet, a great poet, written a masterpiece, and he's gathered the players together and then one person would play the role of financer. They would finance the actors and the singers. They would provide the venue for the play. And that person would actually take part in the play themselves. And this word looks to the financer. It looks to the one who gave of himself in order to cause the masterpiece to play out the way the poet designed it. This word makes you think of costly cooperation. God is the master poet, right? He is the one who designed the masterpiece and has laid it all out for us. And He's gathered us together, correct? He's gathered us together in the church. We are to play in our own life the role of the financer. The one who gives of himself so that the masterpiece is played out in me the way God designed it. And it's costly. It's costly. And it's cooperation with God. We are to ensure by our diligent work that God's design plays out in us. And by us, I mean you. And for me, I mean me. Plays out in us the way that it ought. And so we're adding. And whenever... whenever you read through this list, recognize that the word adding is applied to every item in the list. We're adding. And in this case, we're adding to our faith. 
That's the way he begins. Add to your faith. In this case, our faith refers to the complete confidence we have in God to fulfill His promises. And it refers to the commitment we've made to Him in baptism for the forgiveness of our sins. Faith is the beginning of the journey. It's where we're born into the Christian life. Faith is the foundation of Christian life. We trust God and we commit ourselves to His service. But we must not Stop there. That's the starting place. You know, I'm talking a lot these days about little Micaiah getting ready to be born. I talked about it in class. I'm going to talk about it a little bit again. Can't wait for him to be born, right? Hold that little guy and and see him just kind of squirming there a little bit. And and all the sweetness that that's going to be before the diaper needs to be changed. (laughs) And, And just all of those good things, right? Wouldn't it be a sad thing if he never grew past that? You know, those are the foundational moments, right? But, but he's designed to grow. He ought to become more and more able and better than he is at the start. God designed us to grow, to gain function, to gain ability. It takes our time, it takes our resources and effort to do so, but it's what we're designed to do. That's part of the masterpiece of God. And we are to do the adding. So we add to our faith. And in your Bible, it might come up as virtue. Might be translated goodness. Or might be translated moral excellence. This excellence, this goodness. It's about doing things the proper way. Doing things the proper way. And I want you to think about that. There's proper uses for everything. And in this case, the excellence of a knife is to cut or to spread butter, whichever knife you're using. The excellence of a horse is to run. You understand? The excellence of man then, Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13 says, Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. That is man's excellence in this case. This is about following God's way for your life. It's the very first block placed on the foundation of faith. And it references the first concerns of a brand new Christian. When you come up out of the water, where should your mind be? What should my focus be on after I come down a little bit from the enthusiasm and the excitement of being saved? Where should I go from there? Well, this is where we ask, are there glaring problems in my life? Is there something improper about the way I'm living? And I think that's a hard question to answer without help. And if you're looking for some help and you want God to kind of help you, give you a sort of question list to ask yourself? I would write in the margin of 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 5, I would write in the margin Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 through 31. And I'm not going to read that section, but I will ask you the questions from it. 
If you read through and turn everything that's there into a question, this is what it sounds like. Verse 25, am I being honest with everyone? Or am I keeping secrets and telling lies? Verse 26, am I holding grudges and anger against people? Verse 28, am I stealing? Verse 28 again, am I working? And is my job something that God would call good? That's a real thing to examine. A lot of people have a job and they they pay attention to what God says about providing for your family in in 1 Timothy chapter 5 that you ought to provide for them. And you think, well, I've got a job and I have to provide for my family and that's good. And then it takes you away from the Lord's people and from the Lord's gathering times and Lord's day. And you think, but I'm doing the other thing. I'm providing. But you know, that's not what God calls good. When you stop meeting with His people. And when you start leaving the church because of a job. If it's pulling you away from God's people and the meetings of the church, your job isn't what God would call good. And so is my job good? Verse 28. Verse 28 again, am I sharing with those who are in need? Verse 29, am I speaking only wholesome words? Verse 29 again, do my words build other people up or tear them down? It's working on what comes out of my mouth. In verse 31, am I hoping bad things will happen to other people? I think that list will help Christians. I think asking those questions of ourselves helps us to identify if we're needing to change any of those things. Christians, you've committed yourself to Christ in baptism. When you came up out of the water, you're part of His church and He's washed away your sins. And Then after you were raised out of the water, the question is, did you grow? Did you begin assessing your life for excellence, for virtue, for goodness? I think these questions we just asked, based on Ephesians 4, 25-31, I think those will allow us to add goodness to our faith. It's a good starting place. And I want to put it a different way. Because sometimes when we run through questions and, and then you say, oh, uh, I think i am got a little struggle there. You start to get very down on yourself and you begin to, to question whether you're really walking with God or not. I want to put it a different sort of way. Some Christians are working on adding moral excellence to their faith. Some Christians are working on being honest people. Some Christians are working on finding a job God would be pleased with. Some are working on paying for what they need rather than stealing it. Some Christians are working on sharing with those in need. Some Christians are working on making their words wholesome. Some Christians are working on the way they view their enemies. You notice all of those apply to Christians. And if you're visiting with us, I want you to understand this especially. 
sometimes Christians come across as though we think we're perfect or as though as though we think everyone here is and that's simply not the case no one here is perfect all of us here are working on something some people are working on some things in this list some people are right here in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Some people are right here. They've laid the foundation of faith up out of the waters of baptism. And now they're putting that first block on that foundation. That first block of virtue, of goodness, of moral excellence. And it's not easy to do that. These are changes to the way we live our life. These are difficult to make. Just because it's the first building block doesn't mean it's easy to lay. This is work that is started when you come out of the water full of enthusiasm for salvation in Christ. When you're completely motivated to change everything about yourself for Him. That's an excellent time to start. But it's never too late to start. You may be a Christian this morning who looks at yourself and says, you know, I never really paid attention to this. I never really changed any of this about me. I've been a Christian for 20 years. It's not too late to lay the first block. You can lay that first block by paying attention to what's going on in your life. Asking these questions and working to solve them God's way. Is there a way you can become more virtuous? Is there a shortcoming that you see in the way you live life? Is there a crack in the stone? And if you see that weakness in yourself, don't sweep it under the rug. Don't let it just sit and, and become weaker and weaker with time because it will. Pay attention to it. Give it your time. Give it your effort. Because every item on the list builds... On the last. And if one block is weak. The next won't have a firm foundation to rest on. Be sure that you give your time. As you progress through this list. And wherever you're at. We will probably pass by it in this series of lessons. More quickly than it can be solved in your life. So be aware of that. This is not a series of four or five weeks where uh, at the end of it all of us are going to be these perfect Christians. Not going to happen. Remember the purpose of, of studying this is not to get it all right the first time you read it. The purpose is for each of us to identify where we are. To see where we need to be growing. And then to grow in that area and progress to the next. Take time with these things. Consider each one as we progress through. Find out where you stand so that you can make progress in the way that pleases God. This morning, if you're a Christian who needs our prayers to strengthen and encourage you as you examine your life, we're going to be singing a song in just a moment, and you can come to the front and we'll pray together. And if you're not a Christian, but you recognize that you've not yet committed to Christ through baptism for the forgiveness of your sins but you would like to be forgiven of your sins through His blood, 
Today is a good day to lay that foundation. Jesus will add you to His church and together you and God will lay the foundation of faith in Him for your life. If that's what you need to do this morning, we're here for you as well. But as we end, remember, if anyone has a spiritual need, we're here for you. Don't leave without making it known and being served. If anyone has a spiritual need this morning, the invitation is for you. So please come forward as we stand and sing.